0: Oh my God. How cool. I love that. So exciting. Wow.
1: Hi, I'm Pip and this is Jumbled Loves a Chat. Amazing. Love it. That is stunning. That is like so flipping true. Come and get your coffee. (laughs) Cheers to that. Today's guest is the reason why our business event, The Huddle, even happened. She's the guru business consultant of the retail, fashion and design industries. The best teachers, in my opinion, are those that have real life experience. And today's guest is the epitome of that. She joins me from her kitchen table in Melbourne. Actually maybe it's a home office I think with the <laughs> champagne in hand welcome to Melissa Robbins from The Lotco. It's a nice excuse. Cheers, cheers. Excuse through you. the camera. It's a nice excuse to have a chat with you today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I I'm really always love chatting with you. I find that you're just really wise and you have um, such practical knowledge and I was uh, when I was writing the questions for this podcast i was concerned that i'd spend the whole podcast just nodding my head going <laughs> yeah 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 i know what you mean like so we met at a dinner Hopefully. in melbourne and we were seated beside each other and we just talked each other's ears off all night and on the way home i said to jess we need to create a business event in the central west to get people like melissa out
0: oh wow because
1: the knowledge would be just so good and we're in a really terrible drought at the time and um now we're in another terrible thing Mm -hmm. but um you know that's how the huddle sort of came about so thank you on lots of different levels yes and you also came and spoke to us um you were also a guest mentor at the huddle and it was just so wonderful that it was all able to come 360. And uh-huh. um,
0: The huddle was was amazing. It was so good to have and, and now in hindsight obviously having that many women together, that many people together um, in such a positive, exciting, you know, exhilarating um, atmosphere. It was so good.
1: Yeah, it was good. Such fun. a highlight for me. I'm so glad it was in February and we were mm-hmm. able to squeeze it in before yeah. corona. So I think we need to start from the beginning when it comes to you. So your retail experience started at a really young age and you have retail in your blood, as do I. So tell me about your childhood and about your family.
0: Well, yeah, so my my mum and dad have always had their own business. So I'm one of um, four. I've got um, two sisters and a brother. I'm in the middle of the middle. Um, We, we always, and I think that, you know, lends itself to some of those um, characteristics of um, siblings where, you, where you're positioned. Um, but, yeah, we've always had, mum and dad have always had their own business. Um, as I said, I think on my um, uh, website, I've got a list of different jobs that I've done in, in the past. and the, Done a lot. One of the originals was the lolly bag maker, um, which was from my mum and dad's milk bar slash deli as it's called in Western Australia, where I'm from. Um, Yeah. So it's just, I think, instilled that sort of, um, you you know, way to go about um, business or how to have a go, um, how to change and evolve. And dad's always done that as well. And, um, you know, has been quite a positive attitude, you know, tries new things, tests things out. Um, I remember with one of the first things they did back in the day was add a video component to the milk bar so oh cool way back when um you know they were still choosing between beta and vhs which you know showing how old i am but (laughs) it was you know something quite innovative at the time so i remember now looking back going you know how much he sort of kept changing and tried different things and so yeah. it's like
1: an old school milk bar where you go yep. in get your thick shakes and milkshakes and stuff and you made the lolly bags
0: yeah yeah so it was oh. just a, gen, a general milk bar store so uh, sorry in in victoria they called milk bar i don't even know if they called that in oh so stuff. it's like a corner store corner store oh yep. yes yeah yep. righto righto yep. Oh, i was envisioning,
1: envisioning like a Well, in
0: in WA they're called a deli, so then it's completely different Yeah, So it's still that terminology of people knowing what what each one it is. But, yeah, corner store. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, then... Sorry?
1: Sorry. I was going to say I think that you then learn a lot if you younger and your parents are working for themselves running their own business you're seeing the
0: highs and the lows yeah and you're then you're there you know you're involved in it you see what's going on um you can see the hard work involved as well so i guess you know that's no big surprise to me whereas maybe some people when they start their own business they don't realize the hard work involved but Mm. i've definitely always seen that and um seen what's required as well as you know Mm. what freedoms you can have from it as well and how you can follow, you know, your passions or try something different, and if you don't like it, do something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of interest, how much were your lolly bags? I think they're a dollar and two dollars. That's what. Oh, we, that, that
1: was it. expensive. <laughs> but
0: they're they are probably
1: had, like full.
0: I think, yeah, exactly. They were definitely way fuller than what we my son gets now when he goes down to the. We get like store. four for that now. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think we bags. had.
0: They were definitely two cents. Um, the. Things were the lollies were one cent and two cents, and then maybe you could get two for five cents. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. So, exactly. when you're growing up, what do you was there? Did you want to be something? What did you want? Not really. Um, it's that's an interesting I th- When I was trying to think back on this, there were a few things, but nothing that stood out. Um, I, I think I just didn't know, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I didn't find that out probably until later, sort of as you know, in my 20s. Mm-hmm. When I finished school, I did a, um, I was good at science and I was good at maths and human biology and stuff like that. So I did that at uni.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Human movement degree. And um, then I finished that and did a teaching um, diploma because I didn't know what else I was going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Then I taught science and maths um, at high school. Oh my gosh. That's (laughs) so brave. But isn't it interesting how you're sort of teaching now? And that's it. Like I think it has come full circle for me because I did the teaching, um, and then I went into fashion, um, and then so how did you
1: how did you go from teaching
0: into fashion? Okay, so I my um, I was living in Brisbane at the time, Mm -hmm. and I'd been teaching I think for four to five years, yeah. And um, you know it was it was pretty tough. I was in some tough schools in. out of Brisbane. And so my sister had started a, a fashion brand or she'd been thinking about it. And so oh, I older or younger, my younger sister. Okay. Yeah. And um, she, yeah, she'd just been, she'd come back from London and she just had a baby. So she was sort of thinking of going you know, into, as a lot of people do when they have kids, they do a kid's brand or something I like know. that.
1: I nearly did a kid's <laughs> interior store.
0: Oh, oh my
1: yeah. god! I'm yeah. glad I didn't.
0: Yeah, it's, and so I didn't have kids at all at that stage, but I went back to study. Um, yeah, I, I left teaching and I thought I'm going to go and just learn a bit about it. So I went and did a um, like a clothing production, um, manufacturing, sewing, a bit of everything. Cool. Yeah, pattern making. A T or a uni. At TAFE. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. So that's that was what mum really did as well,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I think that, that sort of gave me the very practical skills too, like I can do a pattern, you know, create a pattern. I understand garments really well mm. um, and that did definitely put me in good stead for when I got more involved in um, my sister's, with my sister Then I would do all the specs for all the garments and all that sort of stuff really made a big difference to have that background knowledge. Um, but yeah, and then, so I, I joined her and at the time we were living, I think I'd moved to Melbourne by that stage mm-hmm. and she was in Sydney. So we had our business for a little while and together, um, but then children's clothing. Yeah. Children's so yeah. Moppet, yeah. Moppet was yes. the kids wear brand. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that was back in, I think it was 2001 we started. Yeah. So her son is now nearly 19 and it was just after he was born. Yeah. So, Gosh, yes. crazy how time flies. <laughs> so you went so I joined fashion. when when she moved to Melbourne then we just sort of then it took off because we sort of had that time to spend together we really um focused on the business as a you know it'd been a hobby for her for a little while and then it sort of became quite serious after she'd moved to Sydney she did you know a fair bit and we worked on it together but once we got together mm. then it just sort of became a you know much stronger business and I think we had it in, in overall, we had it for 15 years. Wow. Okay. Brand. And within that, I, we opened a retail store after about four or five years. And, um, yeah, then we had the retail store for nine or nine and a half years. Yeah. And we had a couple within that. Like, we worked with a few other brands and did pop-ups and, you know, um, sort of small, um, small little group of, you know, sales sort of shops. Yeah. Um, she left after probably I can't actually think when she left now, but it got to a point where the retail store and the business sort of couldn't sustain us both paying both of us. Yes, that's and her boys thing. had gotten a bit older, so she actually went to work, uh, you know, for someone else, and I kept the retail store and sort of grew that in a way that um, it evolved to be not just our brand store, but a it, it became Muppet and more. So it was was lots of other brands.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then, so how, and then
0: we sort of come to the LotCo. So what, how did that transition um, happen? Yeah. So in between that, I sold my retail store after a while. I sort of built it up and got it to a point where it was doing really well. And I thought it's probably time for me to move on after 15 years of it. Um and so I actually went to work and this is the sort of combination came in. Um I did fashion lecturing. Okay. So, um at Melbourne Fashion Institute I did um I taught the fashion business course. Yeah. So essentially yeah people wanting to either get into the fashion industry or they had an idea they had a brand and they wanted to see if it was viable, how they could go about, you know, the whole business plan of everything, sales, marketing, finance, everything. So I taught that while actually, at one stage I had five jobs. So I had the retail oh. school going, the lecturing, and I used to do the Instagram for Marmoset Found. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. You know, Noreen. So and Noreen actually worked in the my retail store at Moppet with me. That's how it. Oh, been. really? Okay. Such so, a small world. Yeah. So I did that and then I was already started my other new job because it was a bit of a crossover. But anyway, um, that teaching the fashion business really helped my business and so that helped that grow. I sold that, bit of a transition. Then I went and worked full-time because my husband had been studying for, Five or six years, and then he went full time study to finish his honours. Oh, gosh. yes, yeah. Um, so I went to full time work for someone else after I sold the store. Is and that then, just was that hard or I, it a was, relief? It was hard because it was a big change, but I think I'd worked, I actually worked less because I'd been working for myself and I'd been lecturing, and yeah. then I'd gone to one job. You could sort of switch off a lot more, which was um, probably refreshing. You know. Refreshing, but it didn't last long either. I did that for three years, which was good. Um, But then, as I think, I was this question came up, and what would happen is I would do a lot of sales meetings. So I'd be selling um, a brand, Olgerberg. I worked for a handbag company. Oh yeah, and um, it was just every appointment I would. End up having these long conversations with people. Oh, but have you done your Instagram? And have you thought about doing this? And have you done this? And I would end up with these really long appointments because I just kept talking,
1: mentoring them almost.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's essentially where it came about because I was doing that anyway. And in you know time of what happened, it was a bit of a transition. And then yeah, going out and helping other businesses and brands just sort of was a natural progression from had already been doing that for quite a some time but not officially. Yeah, like just formally deciding
1: this yeah. is what I'm doing and sort of throwing it out to the universe. Yeah. Of, um... And at
0: first it was quite broad um, what, what the business was but I've sort of just refined it in the last, you know, six months, six, eight months really. Yeah. Been um, focusing on retail stores and brands and they're the sort of people who've been coming to me to ask advice and who I've been in those different roles of having the retail store, understanding the process of, you know, what many tasks that you have and what many jobs you have to do or how many hats you have to wear. Mm. And then going to, you know, being a buyer as well for the retail store. So understanding that side of things, having your own brand, being a wholesaler. So having that whole area of, you know, Mm. facets of things I've done, makes it you know people can ask you lots of different questions you've got some you've got an answer to sort of every different perspective as well Mm.
1: so what are the sorts of um issues that brands and businesses
0: are coming to you is it really varied it's quite varied um at first, I, f- I end up getting. Quite, I got quite a few people who who either had just um, opened a retail store, or they'd been open for a number of years, and then they're like, okay, what now? What? How can I grow and change and evolve? Um, or people had bought a retail store. Um, they'd you know moved to the country, or they'd moved to a different location, and they'd bought into retail, but then they didn't really know much about it. So it's yes, just helping. Yeah those sort of people um, who've got great other life skills, but not necessarily in this particular area. It's and then brands, brands really that I work with, a lot of them, it's about pricing. So figuring out, making sure you actually can make money. So a lot of people so start off.
1: really like a simple thing, but can yeah, be, you yeah. can make a
0: mistake early on. And, that's right. And if they don't, you know, I say to people, if you're not, making any money a margin on your product what are you doing it for like are you I mean not not that you want to do it just for money but you've all the work that you put into a business you've actually got to be able to see that you can make money from it as well
1: yeah yeah because
0: otherwise you're just selling something like it's an exchange of goods it's not actually anything else yeah so that is a big factor that people don't necessarily understand how to price their product yeah what to include
1: yeah and when you're often doing it for yourself like you're selling something that you've created it's really hard to sometimes put a price on that it's that
0: it is kind of a fear or yeah and and sometimes you know, sometimes the creative, the person who's come up with the the brand or the product may be the best person because they know so much about the product, but then they also could be the worst because they don't want to talk themselves up or sell mm, the product. Yeah. They're too humble, which is great in lots of ways. But then when you're actually trying to sell it um, to other people, then yeah, you don't know what price to put on it or um, how to, how to put that value or cost on yeah. it. And yeah. what, what gives you the most joy in
1: your new business in the lotco? I think
0: just, I love seeing the transformation of people. So helping them move from, you know, one stage where they're maybe overwhelmed or confused or not sure of something, and then helping them move to that next level with a bit more confidence, a um, bit more knowledge, and backing themselves. So, you know, people come with a little bit of self-doubt and um, unsure about certain things. And it's just sometimes they need reassurance that they're either on the right track or that they've got a good idea or that, yeah, they do have the skills to, you know, move forward and grow and yeah, become a, you know, have that be a success. Yeah. Yeah.
1: See them kicking goals and you think, yes, that's good. I do. I think it is very rewarding job really.
0: Yeah, it is. I really love um, seeing the transformation of people and um, how they, how they yeah how they succeed and how they move forward and evolve and change and kind of the fascinating thing from the huddle that I sort of
1: noticed was how confidence was such a big factor in a lot of people not pushing forward or not going to the next step I I thought that was really interesting not something that I would really thought about before
0: I do find that a lot. I do, I do notice that. Um, it definitely does hold a lot of people back, and I think on the um, the card that I had at the huddle was was you know yes yes you can hey yeah. you yes you can yeah, or something yeah. like that because yeah. it is one of those things that people and I maybe it is obviously a lot of upbringing or or your background or what you've been told um you know a lot of people have never been told that they can do that or yeah. have a go or give it a crack or you know make it make it um you know start it and see how you go like you're never going to know until you actually make an effort and give it a go give it a go yeah it's good good advice for life
1: really (laughs) what um do you love social media i feel like i i know i love following you on social media because you give really good like tips and advice and knowledge and yeah. like I'm trying to practice what I good. preach as
0: well in terms of uh, <laughs> you know, helping other people that I'm like oh I should be doing that too yes. yeah. <laughs> no I do love it and I think it comes um you know I think I said before that I used to do the Instagram for Mama Set Found way back um and that's how I grew my business um my retail store at the time Moppet and more it grew from engaging on social media and finding a tribe of people who love the same sort of stuff that I loved yeah so I think yeah you've I love it because I love engaging with people having those people be inspired or motivated or you know take action if they've seen something that I've talked about or done and I think it's a great way to connect with people I think the fact that you know like I've got a store at the moment who's did one of the little series I did the other week who's from an Australian but she lives in um California so oh, she's cool. connected you know through that and there's just a way that you can connect with people everywhere that was previously not possible so I yeah. think it's a
1: good thing it's quite
0: amazing yeah
1: so I could hate to dwell on the corona thing but I think <clears throat> having you on at this time we yeah. pushed you forward in the podcast so that um be of most benefit to our listeners. Yeah. So, what what's been your experience with um, Corona and how is it affecting the businesses that you're dealing with and yeah. and also you as well? So, um,
0: I, I it's actually been at first it was that uh, obviously when it all first happened you know pretty quickly it was a bit of a doom and gloom sort of scenario. Oh. Obviously, shops had to close. Everyone's freaking out. Um, you know there's there's a big impact on retailers that I work with and then also the kick on of brands who sell to those retailers and wholesale to them so you know there was a big I think it was sort of a couple of weeks especially early March or mid-March that all first happened Um, but after that I've sort of seen quite a lot of people pivot so it just made made them one aware if you had one revenue stream or one type of main business, that's not good in terms of if you're just wholesale, if you're just online or not, sorry, not just online, if you're just in store, um, it really highlighted that for a lot of people. And then obviously it's made them realize that they can't just be one thing you've got to have, as I think, you know, you'd be aware with your business that you've got to have a portion of people coming from online and a portion coming in store. Yeah, because you can, and same with um, wholesale and retail. If you're a brand, you can't just be wholesale um, because it's too hard to survive when things, you know, go wrong or go astray or one of those changes. Mm. It's like having so, all your eggs in one basket, really. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, how do you make sure that you're in a position that if things change and pivot, and that also things like I had so many stores. Um, you know i say to them you know make sure you email your stores and let them oh sorry your customers and let them know if you're closed or not and so many of them don't have their customers information emails or data so how do they get in contact with their customers so even that highlighted that that they're the sort of things that you need you need to be able to keep in contact with your customers you need to build a database you need to be able to change and pivot and I say to a few people that I've helped to get online, like that was something I did early, just a little three-day series, how to get your business online if you weren't mm. already. How do you, not everyone's going to buy online, but if they can see what you've got available online, then that will make either people maybe more inclined to visit if they can or, you know, suggest you to other people or mm. you'll be front of mind when they need that particular product or gift or whatever it might be
1: yeah even for a bit of research as yeah, well that
0: 's right so it 's definitely um, made people pivot to having more options and making sure that they do yeah talk to their customers regularly, keep in contact that they do um, add an online element if they didn 't have that already, and the importance of of that is you know crucial and then um, wholesale yeah making sure i 've worked with a few brands in particular who we're just we're quite heavy wholesale so now they've been quite impacted by stores either had to close and so their sales have gone down mm. or that they just um, don't know what the future's going to hold so they of can't plan the next few months as well i know it's
1: been tricky yeah uh, no you know you can fix that little part in the short term of what we've just gone through but what yeah. it's going to look like At, in spring summer i think for right. the fashion industry in particular yeah I fashion feel in like particular it's yep. just so fast moving that, yeah. and the stock expires so quickly. That's right.
0: But, yeah, you know. and that, and that's that's a hard, hard part of, um, yeah. As you say, like they're the sort of things that you can't sell in six months' time, and they're mm. not going to be they're not fresh. So, mm. how do you evolve to, you know, stay on top of that? And I guess for you, having a bit of even the fact that you've got a bit of fashion and obviously home into the two. Oh, months, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've found like. You know, there to be
1: some silver linings of all of this. Like it's definitely been a good time for reflection of, as well, yeah. and yeah. you know, things that I've been wanting to do. Yes, you know, I've done or I've pushed through earlier, or no time like the present. But have you found that as well? That yeah, there definitely. Are lots I've of positives out
0: of this. Yeah, and I think it gives. I think, as you say, the word that you said, reflection, was the gives it, chance for people to think about their business. What do they love? What aspects do they love about it? Um what ones do they want to grow or or evolve? Um what you know and and a lot of people are obviously day to day they're in there if it is a retail store. Um and you can get sort of, you know, stuck in that monotonous um everything you've got to do. Whereas this has allowed a few people that time to sort of think about working on their business, Mm. what that looks like. And then also Realize how much they love those customer interactions and stuff too that that's something that they're really missing, yeah, so I think it'll give that sort of um, joy back to them going back to when they can or if they haven't already going back into store and having those customer interactions and how much they actually loved it,
1: yeah so yeah, yeah. but it's a just- reality
0: check sort of yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: so it's every completely- day, oh sorry, no no, no, no sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Give so
0: people time to work on their business a little too which yeah. I think is good
1: yeah I think um like Emma Klein from Lumiere Art and Co once said to me you've got to get off the dance floor and stand up on the balcony
0: and like <laughs> right. and I was like oh
1: I like that you know like yeah. get up and get yeah. out of it just for a second and yeah have a little have a little space to think yeah. So I guess every day we've been giving a daily small business tip and it's actually been really fun and people have been sending in their things. Is there one um, tip you could give
0: our listeners today? I was thinking about this cause I've been looking at your tips and I love them. They're so good. Um, and you've got such beautiful backgrounds that you, you know, display everything and the girls <laughs> are so gorgeous on the, on the couches in their outfits. Um, so I think, I think backing yourself and, but then educating yourself as well. So oh, I like that. Have, yeah, back yourself and, um, you know, have the confidence to, to give it a go and have, it, have a try. Um, have a crack, you know, if you've got a great idea, if you've always wanted to have a retail store, then go for it. Yeah. But also educate yourself along the way. So don't um, ever stop doing that. Yeah, that's to good. Really learn and to, and to, you know, find out new things and learn new skills. Okay,
1: that's good. I like that. So, but now I'm going to ask you for some more advice. I thought yeah. that we needed like a dolly doctor sort of section, you know, <laughs> but for business. So I'm going to call it Dear Melissa. Okay. Um, so we're just thinking of all the questions that people have been posting on our Insta, like yeah. DMs as well. Okay. Um, so here's some Dear Melissa's for you. Dear Melissa. I get paralysed when trying to work out what to post on social media and then I don't end up posting anything at all. Help.
0: What would be your answer to that one? Okay. I would, I would answer that with have a system. So have a plan and have a system in terms of, you know, figure out the four different pillars or buckets as some people call them of things you're going to talk about and rotate through them. Oh yeah. Like your content. And plan it out. Yeah. Yeah. Content. Whether it's a, if you're a retail store, you can, you know, there's many different buckets you can sort of pick in terms of brands or um, the actual products. There's a, tell a story. That's hmm. that's a big thing. Tell a story yeah, who that. you are,
1: and you can always delete it too. Yes, it doesn't matter. That is
0: something I've had a few people say that to me. Oh, I don't want to start. And what if my first post should be? And and I'm like. Just get it going and delete it if you don't like it. And no one's watching anyway because you don't have any followers yet. So don't worry about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. God. Okay, next one. Visual merchandising. Help, Melissa. I have no clue. What are some tips for visual merchandising? I do this in store quite
0: a bit when I do my retail visits actually. So um, tell a story with what you've got grouped in what um, areas. Add layers. Add textures. And then group things. It drives me absolutely mental when I go into a store and I see, you know, one product that's split over seventeen different locations because they want people to see it in all the different areas. So group things. Yeah, things on mass look nice, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Help! I can't
1: work out how to name my business. How do I do it, dear Melissa?
0: (laughs) Sorry, is my voice
1: so annoying? Sorry. (laughs) Anyway.
0: I would do this one. I've had someone um, I'm working with um, of late, actually, she's just been trying to rename her business. So my suggestions for this is to name, list out, you know, keywords, key names of things that you love, whether that's a street you lived in, whether that's the, um, your first pet or your, your husband's first pet or whatever it might be, all different things and see what things can, you know, words can work together. And then, google it so so many people don't check what the um word may mean like it may be a movie that's inappropriate um yeah yeah. (laughs) maybe a shop that's inappropriate as you mentioned yeah yeah
1: i know we were just giggling before we started the podcast that i nearly called igloo tickled pink but thank well like it was taken by a sex shop so luckily I couldn't have that but yeah it's like yes. you ch- is it the ABS or whatever you, that you check with if other people yeah. already have your name or the international it's, brand it, doesn't yeah. have the name or you can and have it on it. socials
0: it's- yeah, that's right. So you can always, you know, add an um, underscore or whatever, but as long as it's not associated with something else inappropriate, but also I want you'd want to make sure I'm working with someone and making sure that people can find you. You don't want to be the same as, you know, the thousand yes. other things on the internet. So you want to be slightly different in some way that it's not an E, it's not a search term that comes up in everything else. Yes. Yeah. Dear Melissa, how can I maximize my online sales? All right. Sales. Um, Spend time making sure that your website is functional. It is attractive. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a whole, as I said, the three-day series on this the other um, few weeks ago. So making sure that the imagery is really good. And when you go onto your website, people can tell within five seconds or two seconds what you actually sell. So many people have the products hidden on the second or page or you can't actually tell what they're selling. So that's one big thing. Um, using keywords. So, you know, obviously SEO is, you know, the um, oh, I appropriate don't term re- for it. I've but got to
1: sort that out. I'm not really yeah, sure of that. You might have to give me a lesson in that. After, but yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. I had a girl, I had a few, a customer a few weeks ago who's selling candles and in their product description, the word candle was not in there. Hmm. I know because she knows she sells candles and she can see that they're candles, but she didn't actually say the word candle. Oh,
1: what? I know. Yeah, yeah, I get it.
0: Yeah. 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 So you're assuming people know nothing about you. You have to have the keywords Mm. in there. And if you want people to find you, what do you want them to find you for? They're the keywords that you need to have on your website everywhere, Mm. in your product descriptions, in your about, in your... Um, you know, your, your header pages and your title pages. So having words on there that people can actually find you and then telling people about it, whether that's through paid advertising or your own social media um, you've got to make it easy for people to find you. And you've got to, you've got to, you can't just, you know, gone on the days where you'd put a website up and you know, people would find you organically. It has to be some way, some sort of funnel or some sort of, you know, ad or something that points people towards you. You cannot yeah. just be there and expect people to find you.
1: Yeah. Jess is one of her tips the other day for a small business tip was like actually go through the process of buying something on your online yes, store. See totally easy or yeah. if it was awful. or That's right. It's the whole customer
0: know. journey. I did that with yeah. someone i said to the, in that course that, you know, go from A to B. If you, how do people move through your website? Like, Do you make it easy for people to add a second product or do you make it? Yeah. The pay is the shipping obvious. Do you have more than one payment system? Like, yeah, make it easy for people to actually click and finish. Yeah. It's pretty,
1: it's pretty confronting going through that too. Of your own yeah yes
0: yeah <laughs> and I guess some people done it. never going to do that because they why would they buy from their own website but yeah it's definitely an essential thing to test it out or get other people to do it for you and give you a few tips and fresh okay. eyes dear Melissa what a newsletter should I be sending them out Hundred email newsletters I'm yeah a hundred percent this is a bit of a bugbear of mine as well in terms of people either, first of all, either they don't have a database or don't have customer emails or anything. Um, So that's the first part. But once you actually have them, yes, servicing them, um, Mm. sending them information and not just selling to them. So, um, you know, giving them information, understanding who your customer is and what their interests are and helping them with that as well. So Mm. whether it's, I think it's Bed Thread, um, one of my favourite um, email newsletters as I always tell people about they just talk to their customers about what their target markets target markets interests are so it's not just about mm. their product yeah, it so inspiration to their product. as well yeah, and inspiration and it might be about travel it might be about health it might be about kids looking at who your target market is and sending them things that they're interested in as opposed to just sending them an email every four weeks or less about a sale that you've got coming up, yeah. Want to see that? You've got to yeah. be as as you would do with yours. Like it's engaging your customers; they're a part of something bigger. So, how do you let them know that you're not just trying to get money from them, type of thing? Yeah, and you kind of re- want to
1: reward someone for being on your yeah. newsletter list because emails. Yes, so annoying, aren't yes. they? But you want to give someone a reason to open it, and yeah. and for saying thank you for giving me your email address. That's right. Well. Yeah.
0: So, what can you add them that's special or VIP or different, mm. um, that, that no one else, that the others aren't getting, and not being afraid to. I've had a few people say, "Oh, but if I send them out, I'm going to lose subscribers." I'm like, "But you're not sending them anything anyway. So, what does it matter?" <laughs>
1: Isn't that funny? We're
0: very, people, we're very fascinating folks, yes. aren't we? Like, but, yeah. it, you know, if they're not buying from you anyway, you don't need them. You want to have a nice tight list. It doesn't have to be huge. It's about having people on there that love you and, and open their emails and want to be involved in what's happening in your community or want to know what's happening with your latest delivery mm-hmm. or the brands that you stock. Yeah, I like but that. But it shouldn't just be about numbers. It yeah. be about quality, not quantity.
1: Yeah. Okay. You're the final, dear Melissa, I've got a side hustle going on, but how do I work out how to set the price on my product? Okay. We've spoken about that like briefly before, but yeah, it's no, a really right. important one that even a lot of our artists ask Yay. us
0: daily. Yeah. Yeah. The artist one is a bit of a tricky one because it's, Not so much about the, the the few ways to do it are that you're looking at your cost of your product, Mm -hmm. um, your base cost and all the costs associated with just that product, not, not all your marketing or anything as well, but just the cost of your goods. And then you're moving forward and saying, well, I need to get, you know, margin on that. So I need to have a wholesale margin, which is normally, you know, two to two and a half. And then I need to have a retail margin. So if I then, whatever the retailer is going to buy it for, then I'm going to charge, you know, they're going to times that by 2.2 for um, GST. So you can either start with the cost of goods and move forward, and sort of making sure that you're getting margin in between, or um, working backwards and thinking, "Well, where does this sit in the market? Mm. How much time? How much? How much am I going to invest into my marketing and my brand?" So it could be about the brand value um, and the position your product sits. And then as long as you're covering all your costs backwards, it could be any price. So Mm. it's like that
1: sweet spot of price. You know, you can go over it and barely sell any and it might be over it by a couple of dollars
0: yes so and I think as well with artists that's definitely a tough one but you've got to start you've got to start I think for an artist you know at a look at where you position yourself in the market Mm. in terms of are you a really high end then you're going to sit up with this you know Mm.
1: um,
0: this this, these other artists as well if Mm. you're you know you're producing lots of work and it's it's you know fun and cheerful but you're not you know, spending lots and lots of time on it, then maybe yeah, that's in a different category. Yeah,
1: totally. Oh, so, so good. See, yeah. you're so good. You're so <laughs> practical. Like it's really, it's really good. And I think it's...
0: someone that someone's a, yeah, very practical advice. Um, so that's good.
1: That's yeah, because you've actually done it and been through it and yeah, yeah it's really good. I think dear Melissa might be a thing. I think you could do that.
0: That could be my new podcast.
1: I know. I think you should. Dear (laughs) Melissa, I could do your um, intro for it in my teenage American accent. Yeah. Okay. So that brings us to the end and we're going to do the jumbled mixed bag. So just a couple of questions for you, even though I've really hit you up with lots of questions today, but when we are able to travel again, where will you be off to
0: first? It's a good question. I was supposed to be going to America for Christmas, where my sister lives, you but I don't think we're going deal. there now. Yeah, San Francisco was our Christmas this year. Um, so I think as soon as I can, we'll probably be heading there to see them. But obviously, only when it's um, a nice, safe place to be. Yeah. So yeah, that would probably be my, you know, first destination.
1: Yeah. Good. Good. If you're a piece of clothing, what would you
0: be? This is this is a funny one. This one, I one of my favorite pieces of my own clothing is my sequin jumper. So I think that's what I would be. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. You are a sequin jumper. It's, it's I like comfy, that. It's but then it's a bit of sparkle to it yeah, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Sort of Practical outfit. but yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's a yeah. good one. <laughs> okay, do you prefer to shop in store or online? Mm.
0: This one, I prefer to shop in store for homewares and that sort of product. Yeah. But then I actually really like shopping online for fashion. Okay. And the reason why is I like to see things on people and I like to be able to filter things for me. Mm, that's so, cool. and, and I think that actually thought of this question as a one thing that I think a lot of stores are missing is that visual element that we are now so used to seeing online mm. There's not enough visual um, in store. So, yeah, I guess it's just all on a rack. Yeah. You know, and I want and to see really, how it looks on someone. Mm, mm. Well, because that's so where you need a good
1: salesperson that is pulling them out.
0: Yes. That can, yeah. you
1: know, be like, Okay, this is Melissa. This is gonna suit your yeah. this suits your shape and your yes. colouring
0: or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I know, yeah. It's not it? so used to getting filtered. Well, I mean, I am an online shopper and I have been for a long time. So I am probably a bit different in that way to other people, but I do like the filtering element that I can just pick the things that I like straight away. Yeah. Whereas in store, it sometimes can be hard to find the things that you like. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally. Mm. What is something that you haven't done that you would still like to do?
0: That is a good question. Um, well, I'm actually I'm about to start the podcast, so I think that's something I oh, good for you. I haven't done, and I still would like to do is I'm going to get that going um, in the next. Few months. I think so. you should call it dear Melissa.
1: <laughs> you're allowed to use that
0: name. That's totally cool. But don't
1: forget to check it's it not could a could be the start of something. Make funny. sure it's not a sex shop in Queensland or something like that. Okay. What advice would you tell your
0: younger self? Hmm. I think that you'll find your way. Like, just keep trying different things, and you'll eventually find the thing that you're passionate about and love. So hmm, don't nice. don't worry. Don't stress about having that one job or one direction or one thing that you need to be or do I think you'll find your way yeah and you can be lots of different things yeah and you you find what you love and passionate about once you start doing it and you realize that you uh, that excites you or brings you joy or you know oh that's so good
1: well thank you and keep giving joy and advice and inspiration and um Yeah, it's just such a pleasure talking to you as per usual and hopefully we're able to do more in the future together. Yes. Yeah, thank you.
0: Hopefully there'll be another huddle next year. Oh, for sure, for sure. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Pip. Okay.
1: Thank you so much for listening and sharing a glass of bubbles with us. Please subscribe if you want to hear more and share it with all your kick-ass businesswomen friends. So until next time, stay fabulous.